They say the best things in life are free, but that's not true. Go to patreon.com slash bmfcast and give us your goddamn money. Welcome to the Bamcast Variety Hour. Hey! hey Bamcast Variety Hour. All right. Uh, it's episode yes. 33 of this. <laughs> you Nightmare were so Hellspeed. excited about it. Yes, 33. 33. I was fading enthusiasm. Uh, man. A third of the way towards our 100th episode of Variety Hour. God Jeez. help us. Yeah. We're coming. <laughs> yeah. But hey, I'm, I'm Harlow. I'm Mackie. I'm Chuck. Yeah. We're, we're lacking a BJ, which has been a real problem in <laughs> mm. quarantine. Um, but yeah. Yeah. So, man, I haven't yeah. been on a show for like an actual regular episode for ages now. Because I was on while. the Golden Jocks episode and skipped. Yeah. But I've watched stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I got a 4K TV in the interim. And you're going to be like. And this is what you've watched <laughs> when I get into what I've watched. <laughs> so, because I could say, like, I sampled a bunch of shit because I was like, all right, I got to test this. And then, like, seeing like what transferred to Apple TV in 4K versus what just, you know, stayed at HD. And unfortunately, Baby Driver stayed at HD, which I was bummed about. Baby Driver's been like, I, I haven't pinpointed if it's a certain studio, but I swear. I have certain studios that I know were 4K copies in iTunes, and then suddenly they just revert down. Yeah. Baby Driver, I'm like, I'm almost positive I bought it on iTunes like mm-hmm. day one in 4K and it got downgraded and then I bought it again when it was like five bucks and it's stayed 4K since. But yeah, maybe I bought I need it. To, I need to just buy the 4K Blu-ray. Yeah. Maybe so I, I maybe I, my, uh, Edgar, my Edgar Wright section over there. But Scott Pilgrim's still not in 4K. No, which is that's not anywhere. I don't think. But yeah, yeah, it it, it could have been from another service that I got a deal on. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but. It yeah. used to be where if you got it in 4K one place, it was like, sure, yeah, it's 4K everywhere, movies anywhere. But some mm-hmm. of the studios seem to fuck that up because now my Wonder Woman, the first, uh, is down to HD pretty much everywhere. So Really? Don't know why. Man. Bought that on Amazon so like in 4K day one. and Or actually, yeah, it had like a really good sale like two days after it came out. It was like half mm-hmm. off. and That's, I bought the same yeah, one, yeah. And, yeah, yeah, I it have got, it, it got somewhere. Yeah. You know, <laughs> Yeah, it's it, they still haven't figured it out, nope. but I, yeah, I, I will say disc-based stuff definitely you can tell the difference. Oh yeah, you know, yeah. and I'm on a pretty big pipe here, but it doesn't matter. You know, it's still no, it's the compression and, and, at the, at the end, you know, the source. Yeah. So yeah, but at least my TV is direct um, signal. You know, I it has all the smart crap except for <laughs> HBO Max, which makes no sense. Well, you know, every app is on it basically, except for HBO Max and. Uh, Shit, there was one other thing now, and I can't remember, but it doesn't matter. Peacock? But, no, Peacock's on there. Okay. Oh, it's Discovery was it, Plus. Was it Jen Quibi? has Discovery <laughs> Plus, and that's not on there. Quibi is not on there. No. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Can you even download Quibi anymore? I don't think I, you can. No, I think it's just going to... I think the content's going to be on Roku devices only. Oh, that's right. Yeah. It's it's actually... It's the, it's the Roku channel, mm-hmm. which you can actually get to on a web browser. Oh, okay. 
Yeah. yeah. So you, but could, the TV, you could stream the it. The TV does have AirPlay, so all the HBO Max stuff, I basically just have to pull it up on my phone and then send it to the TV. I don't know yeah. if that works for 4K stuff or not. I haven't tried to do Wonder Woman 84, but... Yes, it does. That's, whatever, whatever that's the just HBO Max working out their shit, so... Yeah. yeah. Yep. But anyway... Mm-hmm. I have hey, anything, speaking of a- HBO Max... Yeah, Chuck has something even newer than me on HBO yeah. Max. Yeah, uh continuing on with the I'm just going to watch whatever movie you were going to put in theaters cuz it's on HBO Max thing. Uh I watched uh Judas and the Black Messiah, which uh I d- I don't really want to say a lot about cuz I don't feel like I'm qualified to really talk about the details of this movie. Yeah. Uh except <laughs> to, talk to say about the history of the Black Panther party. Yeah, I I'm not really this <laughs> I'm not the one to speak about it, but mm-hmm. I will say this, it is really good it is amazingly well acted. Uh, Lakeith Stanfield continues to be just the where best. did where did he come from and and how where is he, he so where did he just, go? Well, well, it just ha- how does he have all this talent in him? Like he just whatever he does, he nails it like so well. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just I'm just con- constantly amazed by this dude. Every time I see him in anything, I'm just like, God damn, dude, you were just. Whatever they throw at you, you're like, yeah, I, I got it. And he just makes it look easy. Like he just, you know, woke up and came on set and was like, all right, what do you want me to do? And then just fucking nails it. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's. I hope you enjoyed his time in Atlanta, which is I'm pretty sure going to join the Chappelle show. <laughs> Two great seasons and done. Because I don't know if it ever, another one's ever coming at this point. Yeah, I, I don't know. They keep saying that it is. but I, uh, I know, but it's like, how many years has it been now? <laughs> it's, it's been a while. Well, I mean... I th- yeah. The cast is going to drift away so much, yeah, especially I mean. Lakeith. It's just like, you're not going to get that well, dude back. Brian Tyree Henry's like getting roles left and right yeah. now, too. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. I'm okay with that. Like, those two seasons are really great. Like, I wasn't really hyped for them palling around in Europe because that's not Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> I really liked the, the character of Atlanta in that show because it was just so bizarre. Um, but yeah, no, that, that movie is, is terrific. Um, it, will, it will make you angry. Uh, you will feel rage. You will want to reach into your television and murder some people, um, but that's the point. So mm-hmm. it's it's a it's a really well done, powerful movie, um, and like I said, the performances are amazing. So yeah, if you've got the HBO Max, I, there's nothing stopping you from enjoying a good film. I, I plan to watch it. I just I have not been in the mood for it yet. You know, because I knew it was going to be heavy, and I was like you have to be in the right mindset to yeah. enjoy that. So, yeah. But yeah, like the other one, the little things or whatever, after you're talking about it, I was like, I don't think I even care to waste my time watching this. <laughs> that movie uh, it didn't sound mm-hmm. like it. Yeah. No. Yeah, no, th- this is definitely worth the effort. Uh, mm-hmm. Little things. It's just like, well, I mean, you could, <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. you could watch it. Yeah. It is watchable. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, like I could see this, it's weird this movie coming out in February. Like this, this could be a thing that we're talking about again in December. Mm-hmm. So, we're oh, good. Yeah, yeah. Another uh, acting showpiece that I watched. I watched uh, One Night in Miami, which, if you have Amazon Prime, <laughs> is available there for whatever the cost of Amazon Prime is these days. I don't but, know. Uh, yeah, but yeah, that's the. This is the one with. Uh, it's basically. Muhammad Ali and Malcolm X and um, <clears throat> and uh, God Jim, Jim Brown, Brown and uh, Sam Cooke. Sam Cooke, yes. God, it's been so long since I watched it, and then my brain like this is what happens every time I record. My brain just like stops remembering I, names altogether. No idea <laughs> how my brain just fished that one out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But anyway, yeah, it is. 
them meeting together in the early 60s on the night that Muhammad Ali first won the heavyweight title. And it, you can tell it's based on a play. Sure. I'll say that because the previews are somewhat misleading because it's like they show a lot of the early stuff where it's like, yeah, they're at the fight and doing all this. Like 85% of this movie takes place in a hotel room. So where's the hotel room in Miami? <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. But it is basically these guys debating. What time of day does it take? Place? <laughs> <laughs> <Night>. <laughs> Over yes. how long of a period of time <laughs> does it take place? One night. Oh, okay. <laughs> actually, it's kind of like two nights, actually. But, you know. What? Because there is a preview part. Well, there's actually three nights because there's a preview or, or there's a prelude. There's the actual day slash night. And then <laughs> there's an epilogue, so to speak. Ah. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those, it's like, it's like, it's really well acted. It's really the it's it's basically these four guys just debating how to how to best push civil rights you know from the using the power that they have as you know as black men in the 60s but as very famous black men in the 60s and how malcolm x is basically just paranoid all the time and you know his fear for his life whereas Muhammad Ali's not afraid of anything and Jim Brown sure as shit isn't afraid of anything because <laughs> I mean it's I spend the whole movie like going like Jen's like I don't know much about Jim Brown I'm like well I'll tell you this there are two guys in the <laughs> 60s who you literally never mess with under any circumstances one of those is Muhammad Ali and the other one is Jim Brown and Jim Brown probably less than Muhammad Ali because he's just like one of the meanest motherfuckers ever to exist and they don't play that up too much until one guy threatens him. And then you're just like, oh shit, <laughs> that guy's going to die. <laughs> but this is obviously not a movie about that. It's a movie about smart people discussing how to make something happen and, and disagreeing about it because it's the crux of it is really Malcolm X and Sam Cooke arguing and Malcolm X basically calling Sam Cooke a sellout. You know, basically saying you made all this money off of making white people music and, you know, Bob Dylan's saying more about our struggle than you are. And and it it's weird because the way the movie's structured and the way the movie is kind of been sold almost works to put you more in Sam Cooke's state of mind than anyone else in that movie, because you're thinking, oh yeah, it's going to be like these four guys. It's going to be all this crazy stuff. You know, it's like four famous dudes in Miami in the sixties is going to be fun. And it's like, it's literally Malcolm X shanghai's the four of them into a hotel room to try to, you know, recruit them basically to his cause and to Islam. And Sam Cooke and Jim Brown are like, uh, where are the ladies? When are we heading out? You know, and it's kind of like, as a as a viewer, you're going, yeah, man, where are the ladies? When are they going out doing cool stuff? And it's like, no, this is not about that, and it's but not the going to be. Never came. Yeah, yeah it's the like here's some vanilla. <laughs> yeah, they're like here's some vanilla ice cream. Let's uh, let's talk about civil rights. You know, and you're like, okay. <laughs> so, and it sounds like I'm like not selling this movie, but I mean, it is. It's really well made, and Regina King does have a very smart way of staging the scenes because i mean yeah you're in a hotel room 
it's going to be, there's only so many angles you can use, but the way she blocks out um, her characters in scenes, the way she uses mirrors in the rooms, like there's a lot of just really, really good filmmaking happening mm-hmm. and you're getting great performances out of these four guys. And the problem is like, I was just, I was like, all right, come on, man, like get somewhere because it's so much of Malcolm X just going, you know, talking about the struggle and you're like, you know, but for the first like hour of this movie, I was like, man, Malcolm Ups X just, even if you agreed with him, he had to be the biggest bummer on earth to hang out with <laughs> because it's like, these guys are like, like, you know, they've just, their best friend has just won the heavyweight title of the world. And they're like, yeah, tonight's the night we go out and party. And he's like, no, he has to come out to, he has to announce he's, he's, he's joined the nation of Islam tomorrow. And it's like, uh, can't we talk about this? Like after that happens, maybe, you know, <laughs> But so are we are we talking about the time period like he's debating he was debating changing his name like is he still Cassius Clay in this? I he is still Cassius okay. Clay yeah, yeah, okay. in this. Okay. Like, right. like it, it's literally like yeah. What led like, to that? Okay, like he's supposed to announce it the next day, I believe. Oh, gotcha. Is, okay, okay. Is the way it's set up because that's like obviously he's just won the heavyweight title. He's right. going to be about as famous as he can be, and that's when it's going to have the most impact. You know, and it's it's a lot of it's about his struggle about if he's a hundred percent sure he wants to do that, if he wants to basically put that target on his back, which, you know, is exactly what happens in, in real life. And the other guys, you know, basically saying, you know, is this, is this what I want to is like, is what do I want to risk what I have for something greater? And that becomes the argument. And it's once they kind of humanize Malcolm X, because he tells this story about, seeing Sam Cooke in concert. And that's like when the movie turns. Cause like for the first hour, I was like, all right, this is good, but I'm not going to really remember much of it. <laughs> and then like that last half hour is super great. And it's like everything you kind of wanted the movie to be, but in a different form. And yeah, it's, but I'll say this, it's like, it's adapted from a play. So be ready for a lot of scenes in one particular <laughs> room and a lot of just, you know, discussion and acting and that sort of thing. And it's good. I mean, it's good, but it's not like the fun time that you think it's going to be by any stretch of the imagination. I guess I'm really weird. Maybe it's because I have a film and theater background. It's like, Mm -hmm. I actually really like movies. Like, I mean, like I like my dinner with Andre. I like these like bottle episode movies, essentially, you know, it's just like, I will probably like this one. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. It's like, you know, barely a movie. It's still basically a play. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot like that. And I mean, they, yeah. they try and mix things up a little bit. So it's not like, okay, they've just been sitting in this room the entire night. But for the most part, it's it's that. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, something else I watched that has no ideas whatsoever <laughs> kind of like almost the polar opposite is Tenet. Finally watched Tenet. Tenet. Yeah. Tenet. And uh, the way I put it in my letterbox review and on Twitter is that like, at this point, Christopher Nolan, he's just making race car engines. You know, people will look at it and go, man, that thing, like that race car, that's a work of art. You know, when people look at a car, they go, that's a work of art. And it's like, it's a work of craft. It's not a work of art. It's not saying anything. It's just a really nice looking car. And that feels like what Tenet is, is it's just like, all right, man, 
uh, like look at this clockwork thing I built and all these things that all come together and I've figured it all out and I'm just watching like especially the last action scene the whole big you know okay we got teams that are going forward you got teams that are going back you know just all this stuff happening and I'm just I was just watching it going I don't give a fuck about any of this <laughs> and like and these characters I don't give a fuck about what happens to them I really don't and that's the problem I mean it is just it's they're just cogs in a wheel they're not characters they're not people they're just these these plot he's the protagonist devices. yeah <laughs> exactly it just it has like it's just it's frustrating because that movie just has absolutely nothing to say and it has no metaphors to get it's there's no it you know it, it's all craft and there's no art to it and that's frustrating as shit because like i know interstellar like the last time i watched it i wasn't the biggest fan because I think it gets too explanatory at the end, but at least it's going for something. It's trying to have some heart to it. It's trying to show a connection between character. It's trying to do a lot of stuff and have a lot of big ideas that tie together in a certain way. And this movie feels like it may have those ideas, but it just doesn't really give a shit about them. If that makes sense. It's like, it, it wants to be about time and about, you know, I, how we're limited and that sort of thing, but it just doesn't have anything at all to say about it. It's just more like, check out this puzzle piece. How does it fit? All right, there you go. 15 minutes later, you're going to see how that fits, you know? And it's like, okay, cool, I guess. But, you know, and, and it's been for having a villain that evil in it. I didn't really give a fuck about him either, where it's like, I should be like, yeah, man, somebody needs to fuck this guy up. And I just didn't. You know, and it's not like anyone's giving a bad performance in that movie. I think everyone's great in it. It's just there's something missing that makes me give a shit about any of it. And that's a bummer. You know, I think because they present that premise so matter of factly. And that the character who is the audience cipher is like, yeah, OK, that makes sense. Let's go. You know, it. there's no. There's no sense of wonder to this fucking trippy ass thing that's happening. Yeah. It's just, oh, that's what's happening. All right, let's go. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. think we've read about this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, sometime moves backwards. Okay, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah, okay, that checks out. Yeah, yeah. it's cold. Okay. And I also find <laughs> it funny, that like, like Aaron Taylor Johnson is in that movie, and I didn't even know it till the credits rolled. He's like the other soldier guy near the end. Oh. Yeah. Like, you know, because it's like there's basically three, le- you know, it's it's Pattinson and and the protagonist and then <laughs> and then that other soldier guy and that other soldier guy is Aaron Taylor Johnson. And it's just huh. like, oh, yeah, him. OK, like, yeah. I, I don't know why he's moved to this realm of just like completely unrecognizable guy who gets to deliver a bunch of lines near the end of a movie, because it feels like there's something else I watched with him where it was just like, that's all you did, you know, like, like you could show me a scene from Godzilla, the first one and, or, you know, not first one, but 2014 one. And I would just be like, Oh yeah, he was in that, you know, like, like he's just like, like, it's almost like, he's like, I only take military guy roles now. <laughs> Cause he was in that one with John Cena as well with the sniper, which I, I still haven't seen, but oh, right, yeah. Yeah. Like it, it's a, what a weird career. <laughs> and he got to make a cameo in WandaVision in the uh, previously on. <laughs> and that was it. It's true. So, yeah, it just, but yeah, he's in that, but could not give a fuck about him being in it either. 
maybe he's his Godzilla character, and because he did all the things in all the places maybe. in Godzilla, he just ran over here and was like, "Hey, <laughs> time travel, huh?" <laughs> anyway, yeah, I, I just I. You know, and that movie should be right up my alley. Like, it should be like, oh, yeah, let's fucking do all of this. And it's just not at all. And it also, like, the premise is, like, by the end, I was just like, well, wait, well, how come they're not wearing masks right now? Because if they're still doing this, they should be wearing the mask. And then it's like, you know, Jen and I had to talk each other through the end of that movie. (laughs) We were just like, no, no, she's moving forward now. So it's like, okay, whatever. Like, I... (laughs) Maybe, there is a lot of that. Maybe yeah. that's what we're all sort of experiencing with that movie is like, I feel like we've all kind of had that, like, did, did I get it all or am I missing something? You know? And like, maybe yeah, it's because just... I feel like I understood everything. Right. It was just like, something I was like, okay, click. if they're not wearing a mask, then they must be moving forward in time. But it's yeah. like, but yeah, that's what I mean. It's like something, something yeah. in the, in the machine is like a broken piece. And I'm sure there's internet videos galore, you know, pointing out where it breaks in the, thing in the logic or whatever but i mean i don't also it's like it just kind of washed over me to the point that like when it was over it was like i f- i don't know if i got that like <laughs> like i feel like i got it like you know what the yeah, you know, and, the, the box is but like something didn't work right or something and maybe it's just structure but like inception you're never lost about where no. you are and when Ever. it's over you're like oh yeah i yeah i understood everything yeah. this was like yeah I feel everything like I makes sense and fits but something exactly. Something was broken. <laughs> like, yeah, something didn't I, work right. It feels like one of those movies where you walk out of the theater and then you stand in the parking lot for forty-five minutes and talk about it. Right. And but instead, it's just like, yeah, I think I don't really care. I mean, it's, the good guys won, maybe kind of. So yeah, I don't, I don't have a problem with. But also, yeah. I don't know if that's how that happened, but. It's probably how it happened. It's time travel. Who, who the fuck are, knows? Are they, are they time cops or time special agents? <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. I just, you know, I, I, I think I said at the time, like, when Inception came out, that's that's a high concept movie where you're like, oh, fuck, I get this. And this is just like a high concept movie where you're like, okay, yeah, I guess. <laughs> I, I kind of came away with like, this is a totally different kind of movie, but it's like this is a movie I'm pretty sure I just didn't understand everything versus like feeling like there's maybe something that was broken. But like when the movie primer was open, you know, everyone says primer, but I think it's primer. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, it's like, when that if was over, British. I was like, uh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> like, I, yeah, I'm, yeah, I think I'm kind of smart sometimes. I don't, it doesn't always come yeah. across in the way I speak, well, and, but you know, and some like, of those movies, it feels like, okay, now that I get it, I can watch it again and kind of see where the pieces fit together. But like tenant, I was just like, no, I think I got it, man. Yeah. Like yeah. I like it, nothing like even understanding how they got there doesn't really change anything. You know, it's not like it's going to give me some different perspective on, oh, wait, oh, okay, that's why that car was flipping. You know, it's like, yeah, I know why the car is flipping. You showed me. All right. <laughs> I, I, yeah, it, it just yeah. It, it's it was a disappointment. And God, I can't imagine if that was like, I'm breaking quarantine to go see a movie in the theater. And it was like a tenant. It was like, oh, no, I'd, I'd be even more mad. I, I'd be like, fuck it. And and that's the thing, too, is like that movie's forever going to be tied to that now. Yeah. You know, and really, it yeah, should... forever. It'll be like, can you believe they wanted people to die for this? <laughs> yeah. And otherwise, it's just going to be like, you know, who even remember? Like, nobody would remember that there's no reason to remember this movie at all. It's like, it's like his remake of insomnia. Nobody cares about the remake of insomnia. Nobody gives a fuck about that movie anymore. 
you know, and it made hundreds of thousands of dollars, but nobody cares. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know. But speaking of time travel, uh, I alluded to it a little bit uh, during the Golden Jocks episode, but I watched the Bill and Ted trilogy in First one day. Time? Uh, yeah, I, I well, well, I had seen them like way, you know, way back. But I mean, it's been since VHS days that I saw, mm-hmm. especially Bogus Journey. I know that for sure. Like that, I think I saw that once on VHS and hadn't seen it since. And yeah, that is a weird trilogy of movies. I mean, it's good because it's doing something different each time. They're not just like, all right, well, be, be, let's just pick up people from history again. You know, it's like they're not doing that at all. And especially that second one, man, I, I love that second movie. Like that second movie is like that time period of filmmaking as well is just like right where I want it to hit it, you know? And yeah, the first one's weird in that, like all the other characters are so nonchalant about coming along. You know, like they're like the historical figures. Yeah. Yeah. They're just picking people up from history and like, okay. But it was also (laughs) kind of like, it's also kind of like, wait, your plan was actually to kidnap all of them and then bring them back to help you give the report. You know, so it's like it's already odd in that. But um, yeah, like I like I mentioned, you know, they're they're not dumb characters. You know, their their vocabularies are large and they're actually used well. It's not like they're saying a saying a big fancy word and giving it the wrong meaning. Like yeah. they're actually, you know, everything they say actually makes sense. And it's just this weird thing they have going on. But it's interesting to me also that like Keanu got so pigeonholed by that one role that everyone's like, yeah, man, Keanu, that that's, that's what he does. He's like the surfer guy. And it's like, it's really only like that movie. <laughs> like, Oh, I don't, I don't know, man. Like, I don't know. I feel yeah, like that. No. I feel like that went through like, I mean, I'm pretty sure everyone was doing, oh, I am little Buddha for a reason. <laughs> because yeah. He, yeah. I think he still had it for that time period. Like, and also, you know, Dracula, it's like, oh, I'm Jonathan Harker. I'm British. Yeah. Yeah. Dracula. He's pretty. Atrocious <laughs> yeah, he was. That yeah. True, he was. But... He was that same character in Parenthood. Right. I mean, but it's, it's kind of like you wonder, like almost like if they're like, no, be that guy. Sure. You know, and then he Probably. was stuck being that guy. Well, that's why everyone was so mad when he was cast in Speed. They were like, nah, fuck this guy. Like, I don't yeah. want this guy being an action hero. And it was just like, no, you got it. He's fine. <laughs> and it's weird that Speed's not even five years after that. Yeah. You know, like, like because Bogus Journey, like, man, death just comes in and takes over that movie. Like, you're just like, all right, just just keep us with him this whole time. Because, like, all the, like, all the gags work. And just, like, the whole, like, playing Twister with him and just... The way they set up that that they have to challenge him. So I I grew up through the time period of which this movie, you know, so I'm not coming mm-hmm. at it from a totally foreign place. Did you ever in your entire childhood ever hear a wedgie referred to as a Melvin? No, no. only there. Yeah, that's like I remember watching that. And I'm like, where the what the fuck term is that? Like, <laughs> I, well, th- that's I mean, got to be a weird regional thing. I yeah. honestly think that they just like they thought that sounded better with that accent when he sure. says it. Yeah. yeah I think that's, me. yeah, I think that's what it is. <laughs> but also just like the whole, like second half of the movie, just going station the whole time is just so good. And then like, did I miss station reforming into two dudes? Because like station merges into this giant creepy dude. Mm-hmm. And then, 
but the end of the movie, they're just like, there's two of them again. I don't, and, I don't know that they show it. Yeah, I don't, I, I, I don't think they do. I think it's just one of those things that kind of happens. But or does it happen in the in the Denimilos fight? Like, does he hit him with something in a park break? I don't remember. It's been a while. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Like, I don't like why either. I can remember the bad guys? <laughs> like, oh yeah. Oh, it's been a while. I could just totally remember. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, that guy too. That guy had a run. Oh, like yeah. in eighty nine, diplomatic 90, immunity, 91. motherfucker. Yeah, like yeah. that. That guy had a run of just being an evil motherfucker mm-hmm. for three years or whatever but yeah bogus journey is just like one of those like it it had to be a sequel in order to get made like that but man they just fucking go for it with so much of like the nightmare stuff and being in hell just like they're just like we're gonna be weird as fuck like we're just gonna make this movie weird as fuck and i want to know i would like to always appreciate that I, I just want to be in the room when someone was like, hey, we made a sequel to that, you know, Stoner comedy time travel thing that made a lot of money. And uh, mm-hmm. there's a reference to Ingmar Bergman's Seventh Seal in it. So uh, I, I just want to know if like someone like picked up on it and like you. <laughs> OK, yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, not just a reference, like a, a good 15 minute chunk of the movie, <laughs> basically, like. A significant, yeah. you know, that and, you know, well, Star Trek that's references. that's the thing, though. And... Like, it works even if you don't know the reference. Like, like you might go, okay, yeah. Like, like most people think, okay, you're going to, they're going to play chess or whatever. And then when it's like, when it, it just the reveal that it's fucking Battleship and just but and all these other stupid games. I don't even games. know that, like, do most people have the reference to playing chess with death? I mean, like, they don't watch movies? No. I mean, I don't think the common person does. Yeah, probably not. Yeah. But... That's why it's so. That's what I mean. Re- it's really bizarre. Yeah, and it's but also it, bizarre that two years later, Last Action Hero does it again. Mm-hmm. There's like, hey, what if, <laughs> what if we just keep referencing this movie? Like, it's a fucking Arnold movie. What are you mm-hmm. doing? <laughs> yeah, but it still works. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it, because I find that one like that movie's way funnier than the first one. I mean, the first one's got some funny bits for sure, but it's just like head and shoulders above it as far as like comedy value for me i i i think bogus journey is a better step up i mean don't get me wrong i still love excellent adventure but like i've always said like that in wayne's world like the second ones are so much more of a doing a thing you know good or bad you know whatever like i think the wayne's world sequel is also equally weird and fucked up like it's strange like that they went that direction <laughs> with like obscure mm-hmm. references and stuff and yeah. yeah, well, sometimes they just like, once you have that little bit of leeway, it's like, well, I'm making this for me. <laughs> Fuck everybody else. And that's clearly what happened, which hey, I'm I'm fine with. And I'm fine everyone that made it was on board with that as well, you know? Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, and the third one just, man, it, like in the same way that Death steals that one, like <laughs> Dennis Caleb McCoy showing up and stealing that movie at the end of it, is just so good <laughs> so good because the robot guy <laughs> just because you're not expecting what he becomes by the end of that movie and then every time he said something i was like this is the funniest shit ever <laughs> i watched bogus journey for the first time late last year it was the first time mm-hmm. i'd ever seen it um and i remember getting to the battle of the bands thing at the end and being like wait they have to compete against primus yeah the the fuck that's not fair <laughs> yeah they're fucking ringers you can't have fucking primus in the battle of the bands that's yeah, but that, bullshit that was like i'm pretty sure that was like 
pre you know jerry was a race car driver mm-hmm. no like, i know but yeah, still yeah. i was just like as soon as i i was i heard it i was like with this fucking primus no. it's like uh <laughs> red hot chili peppers is the bar band in some movie like two or three years before they like had a hit and it's like you know you go back and it's like oh hey <laughs> mm-hmm. look at that yeah. yeah yeah i mean it makes sense you know southern california bands and shit they're like right there like yeah i saw this bar band let's get them for the movie <laughs> We'll be Captain Geach and the Shrimp Shack Shooters. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and what I think about works about Bogus Journey for me is all the side stuff is still good. Whereas like the Beethoven, not Beethoven, the uh, Napoleon side stuff in Excellent Adventure is kind of like, eh, at least until he gets to the water park. And then the water park, you're like, okay, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. The, the, uh, the Ziggy Piggy ice cream thing. Oh, yeah. The ice cream thing. That. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I still have love for both, all three of them, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, the, the third one is, I I appreciate how much it addresses their codependency by, uh, by, uh, by the, it, it, it's basically what sets everything in motion, kind of. And that's, that's interesting to me. And then how they continue to screw it up, even though they know that they're about to screw it up. And they're like, no, we're just going to do that anyway. <laughs> and usually I hate that shit, but for some reason it works with those two characters. I didn't look. But, was was there any continuity to the princesses between any of the movies? <laughs> I don't believe so. I don't no. think any of them. I mean, I don't know if Diane Franklin's the one in the first one, but like, mm-hmm. you know, but you know, cause I have a long time love of her, but you know, like mm-hmm. the second one, I don't think even the other, princess came back and of course it's they're different in the new one because one of them is i can't remember name but you know a recognizable actress yeah yeah no i'm pretty sure they're different in all three of them okay but but yeah those are those are three really fun like low stakes movies so to speak i mean even though the stakes of the third one are huge but it's just like it never feels like it's a movie that's going to stress you out about anything and i think using the daughters to kind of somewhat rehash the plot of the first one is kind of fun and it works with that in that way. So yeah, I really enjoyed it. I'm I'm glad those three movies exist and I'm glad that, you know, they made one that references so much stuff and actually makes it work as opposed to just kind of being like, all right, let's just ape something, you know, it's like, yes, they ape some of the first one, but they do their own thing with it, which I'm all for. Well, speaking of three movies you're happy that exist. Yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you about three movies that basically nobody's happy exists probably Uh-oh. and have mostly kind of been erased from history sort of. Uh going down my rabbit hole, uh I you know, I've been going down a DC rabbit hole uh, ever since I started the mm. Snyder rewatch stuff. I was like man, I forgot there's like a whole DC hub on the HBO Max and then I was just like look at all this stuff. Um, so what I decided to do is like, well, I've been watching the Zack Snyder verse stuff. I should watch the other like really bad DC movies that I haven't seen in forever and just see if they were as bad as I remember them being. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the three I'm speaking of are Superman three, four and Supergirl. <laughs> um, it's a hell of a trilogy. Yeah. Uh, here's the thing. I think all three of those are equally as bad. And I don't mm-hmm. know how anyone defends any of them. I will uh, defend Superman 3 
to my grave. You're wrong. I mean, not as a, not as a great movie, but as <laughs> as something that is way better than. Uh, yeah. yeah, no, it's bad. That's like Spider Man Three, Dad. It's it's real bad. I like Spider Man Three also. I, we know this. <laughs> That's why I use that example specifically. Of course, yeah, um, you also like Die Another Day and Octopussy. So yeah. Well, I just also not, good for what they are. I'm not no. picking on your choices here. What I'm saying is like I I I, I don't think Superman Four is any worse than Superman Three. There is only one sequence. Like everyone is like, oh, that movie had no budget and blah blah blah, and it's like. There is literally one sequence where it goes ancient flash animation and it's just like color forms flying across the screen. There is one useless like space battle thing in that movie for no fucking reason. Also, he drags along the Hemingway girl up to space and it's just like, well, she's fine. <laughs> but anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, it, yeah. I mean, he flies here like halfway to the moon and it's just like, she's just floating there like, save me, Superman. It's like, how the fuck is anyone hearing you? But uh, <laughs> Um, anyway, I'm just saying, like, there's like for the most part, that movie is no worse than Superman three as far as a production standpoint. In fact, it got Gene Hackman back, which the third one couldn't bother me to do. You know, I mean, yes, it brought along fucking you know Ziggy Pop, whatever his name, John Cryer. You know, like doing his fucking <laughs> I don't know. That's just Ziggy like, Pop. That seems like what his name would have been in the '80s. I don't. Know. <laughs> I think you mean Ducky. <laughs> yes, I know. I mean Ducky, but he's doing the same fucking character in this. Basically, he's like we're hiring Ducky, and we want you to be Ducky, except we're going to call you Lenny Luther. Um, but yeah, I just I, I I think I think all three of those are ex- exactly equally bad quality. Mm. Honestly, like I there is like hardly anything redeeming amongst the three, mm. in my opinion. Like like the Richard Pryor stuff, like they brought him in, like, you know, okay. I'm not some purist that it's like you can't throw a comedy person in or whatever and shake up something, but he's not even fucking funny. In fact, he's painfully unfunny throughout that entire movie. It is like the least funny I've seen Richard Pryor ever be, honestly. Like, he's, like, anti-funny, except for maybe Harlem Nights. You know, like, that is an aggressively bad movie. (laughs) um, Yes, but, yeah, it's just, like, it sucks any funny out of the room that could be had by anyone else, too, it feels like. It's it's weird. (laughs) So, yeah, like I said, I... You know, Ned Beatty is funnier in this, <laughs> Otis in the first one than Richard Pryor is in the entirety of his bubbling and stumbling. And I could never figure out, like, what his intelligence level in that movie is. <laughs> is he just a literal idiot savant? Like, he can just do computers and that's it because he's not a functional human. <laughs> like, it's just like, it's weird. But It's hard to tell because his computer superpower that gets him noticed is being able to type list in basic and get uh, the program code well, I to think show up he, on the screen. I think he hey was man, showing early what 80s. he wrote. Were a different time. No, no, I no. Th- I know, but I think it was that he was showing what he wrote, not that he could display the code. I think it was like, "Here's what I made," and the guy's like, "That's genius." Here, you know, we'll give you a higher position job, and you can steal the half pennies, the hay pennies. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> okay, so look, I like Superman three, but the one thing that I think is fucking absurd in that movie is when they're like, "Hey." Let's let's send a command to the weather satellite, and instead of detecting weather, it'll make weather. Uh huh. Like like that's not how technology works at all. There's nothing about that movie that is anywhere <laughs> in close to the realm of 
reality. No, no, no. They you have put a, a lady in a supercomputer, she becomes an evil robot. They have, a, snow, they have a ski slope on top of a building in the middle of Metropolis, which which is also not snowy. Like it's like you know, it's not like this is a seasonal like feature. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it would have been made more sense if like they were like, Hey, we're gonna wipe out the coffee bean crop in Colombia and also make it so we can have a ski slope on our like I would have bought that. Like that's a dumb super villain DC thing to do, especially from the Silver Age of DC. But it's like, you know, they don't. They're like, eh, don't even bother. It's just it's there and Richard Pryor's gonna fall off the top because of course he is. <laughs> yeah, he does fall like eighty stories. Yeah. <laughs> He's, I, he's fine. Also, like Lois Lane is not in that fucking movie. It's so weird. She's just like, hey, bye. <laughs> it's like, whoa, what happened to your coke habit right around there, Marco? <laughs> like, Jesus. Because, yeah. I mean, my God, like, I, look, it's, she looks rough between three and four. <laughs> like, it, it is, it's, it was not a kind couple of years. Yeah. And like I said, she's just barely in three. She just walks in and then walks out of that movie. And then comes back at the end like, what did I miss? a shitty movie <laughs> well she's been mind wiped it doesn't matter anymore yes she's re-mind wiped in four by the way i forgot about that <laughs> that he super kisses her again he basically just comes out to her again so he's like i've been having like some super problems and she's like oh my god i think i kind of totally remember thing he's like anyway forget that <laughs> remember two it did, it did the same thing there's a reason why they wiped out that continuity from Superman Returns, which is no longer continuity either, but I appreciate like at least the attempt to just be like, let's forget all that other shit ever happened, please. Like, <laughs> we'll start from two and go forward. After rewatching three, though, did you see what I was saying about the intro of Wonder Woman kind of being the same kind of on the street, stunty kind of dumb bullshit for no reason? Because everyone hates that opening of Superman three. And it just seems so weird for because Wonder I've Woman watched to... them so many times, watched so many things. Remind me exactly what happens at the beginning of Superman three. Just cause... just the, just the whole like stunt spectacular, the disaster that's happening on the street, like these this chain oh, right, of, of right, events. Right, of right. Yes, where it's literally like guy the, getting yeah. caught in a phone booth that yes, floods, and, then and the blind guy takes hold of the you <laughs> yeah know, the paint line painter thing, whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's just <laughs> yeah. No, that's yeah. fucking atrocious. Okay. Like, I mean, the only thing I was watching that I was like, wow, okay, I can see that this was the director of A Hard Day's Night. <laughs> That's about it. Like, I was just like, oh, yeah, this is the one where they switched up from fucking Richard Donner to the guy who made A Hard Day's Night, which is a great movie. I'm not knocking that movie. No, uh, that, that was two. Huh? That's that's why there's the Donner cut of two is because is they it? replaced him halfway through. Yeah. Oh, so did he two, do two and three? Richard Lester did two okay. and three, yeah. Okay. So I guess... I, I, no come on like let's let's be honest like it, that's a no that's that's like a Zack Snyder to Joss Whedon thing on the Justice League I mean I know people are fucking stupid but I mean like Richard Donner made 90% of Superman 2 I think and uh, then got fired I'm pretty sure because he, he shot him like back to back it was supposed to be like a four hour long fucking movie and then yeah but like, you'd no. be surprised if you go back and watch the Donner cut it is a lot of different scenes in okay. different places but yeah, anyway, I'm saying when the guy was left with his own movie to make, it was like, oh, yeah. wow, the rails yeah. went off. <laughs> and, yes. But I'm just saying, like, the step down to canon for four is like, to me, feels minimal. It's goofy as fuck, but it's no goofier than three. <laughs> I mean, I'm saying, like, there is n nothing goofier in four than anything in three. Like, it is, and only, like I said, there's the one scene where it's like, oh, look, it's color forms flying through space where it's just cut and paste a, you know, 
<laughs> a, a still image of Christopher Reeve from some other shot, you know. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's yeah. I don't know. And and Supergirl's just as weird and I, that's the most watchable of the three. It's not good. But like at least like that one's different. <laughs> I mean, like I I think Helen Slater was like a great choice to play her. They just didn't give that movie any reason to exist and Faye Dunaway's fucking going for it too. I mean, like it at least they're like hamming it up in the right ways. It's just like it has all the vibe from like Superman one and two. It's just like they didn't bother to like make a story for it. They're like, ah, it's a lady, whatever. Put her in a short skirt, people go. It's like, no, there should be a story to go along with it. Like <laughs> Yeah. Supergirl could have been a lot better. The yeah. the filmmaking was there. Yeah. Uh, you have fucking Peter O'Toole in your movie, <laughs> right? In your Supergirl movie, but yeah, but oh my god, the that's the other thing is like, where the fuck do they live? I don't really that that is never explained. Like, I'm pretty sure Supergirl is from Krypton and from a different city. That's thus the not taking off at the same time as Clark and some of the origin story, which they kind of touch on in the movie, is like you know the age difference is because she got trapped in the Phantom Zone on her way here, and that's why Clark was like able to grow up, and she comes back and like. She was actually, you know, she was the age. She was yeah. Supergirl's age when she left Krypton. She just was stuck in the Phantom Zone for like 30, 40 years or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, they kind of sort of touch on that in the movie a little bit. But like they make her from some like inner, inner space city or something. Like we've got to go yeah. from inner space to outer space or something. It's like, yes. oh, okay. Totally. I think she's actually from Kandor, I believe. Oh. It's in the bottle city of Kandor. But. I, again, I'm not trying to flex my DC knowledge because it's limited. Well, flex away. Well, that's cause... that's about as much as I got. That's it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's all we know. <laughs> I just know that like there is a Kryptonian city that Superman has in his like cave of wonders, all the shit he's collected, and it's like he's trying to figure out a way to unminiaturize it and hmm. you know restore some Kryptonians. Yeah. Whatever. Anywho, I watched yeah. some other shit on DC, but I I can pass the mic if someone else wants to talk about something. I, we could probably quickly talk about a couple of the same things because I watched a trio of those DC animated things because oh. once again I was like it's time to watch these animated things because there's a million of them and they're all on mm-hmm. HBO Max. Yep. Um, uh, the Death of Superman and Reign of the Superman is kind of a two part. I mean, it is it's two part story, but they're two individual movies. Um, that, those are really well told. Those the, I don't I don't like the animation style of those. It's it's very anime. Uh, it, it's a lot of just a, a, just a giant block of a person standing there and just the mouth doing the like, me, 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 you know, it's, it's, it's uh, in oh, some cases, I it's a, so much because it will cost animators more. Oh. It's, it's a very, very minimal amount of animation at times, I think. And, and that was kind of bothering me, but, right. um, I, that, that's a, that's a hard story to tell because that comic went in so many different fucking directions around that time and i think they kind of pull it off um they just don't obviously drag it out as as long as i'm just laughing because like you know that was i think the first or second dc animated movie was yeah, the death the of superman one. run you know and yeah. it's like uh you know and then they can circle back around to remake it and, you know it's flushed out more yeah. and it's funny because it's like i feel like just as much time from the comics things happening took place from the first time they made it to like now <laughs> that is like every time i forget which one's the actual superman like i forget yes. how that shit resolves like i'm yes. like 
I know this like, is it's fun- probably that one, but like, that I know doesn't is, make sense. I know this is fucking stupid, and I remember it being <laughs> stupid, but I just don't remember how stupid it was and how it resolved. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. There, also, there's a joke in Reign of the Superman that I don't... I. There's not a lot of humor in those, but when they do do a joke, it's like, oh, wow, that's a great joke. Uh, but man, when they're dealing with all the Superman doing dumb shit and one like somebody says to Cyborg, hey, go deal with the robot Superman. He's like, what? You think all the cyborgs know each other? And I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> what the fuck are you doing, animated movie? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, every once in a while, there's just a line where you're just like, oh, my God. <laughs> so... But I mean, those are well acted. I think they've they've got they've they've had that voice cast for a while. There's at least half a dozen of those where it's all the same people. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's weird. It seems like well, I think there's like a weirder, deeper meta thing. Is that you know there, there used to be like just a general continuity to those things. It was like all yeah. right, the Justice League's going on their next adventure, and who they're <laughs> fighting this time, and you know it's all the same kind of voice cast. I mean, back of like you know when it was Kevin Conroy, Batman, and stuff. But right, you know now it's more like. Oh, okay. This one's actually a sequel to this. This is a sequel to this, but it's, these aren't necessarily connected. You know, it's the same yeah. kind of weird fragmented DC thing where it takes a fucking murder board, you know, to like figure out which order you're supposed to watch some of these things. Because the other weirder thing is like the end of Reign of Superman, like ends in like, oh shit, they're gonna have to fight Darkseid, and you know, like where's my Justice League versus Darkseid thing? And the closest thing there is is. And I'm only trying to set you up. Is there's a Justice League Dark versus Apocalypse or Dark Side or something? Yeah. But that's not the same that, continuity, except it's the same Lex Luthor voice. <laughs> like, it's, yeah. I mean, it's kind of the same continuity because because okay. like Justice League Dark is pretty much the same Justice League. Okay. They're just like there's witch shit happening, and we don't know how to punch that. So. Batman, you go find some 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 wizards who can fight these other wizards, and that's basically Justice League Dark is just Batman going around and and putting together a team of wizards and being disgruntled at all the magic shit that's happening. He's not that happy about any of it. Fairly easy, I can think of three he knows easily. Like no, no, not in this continuity. No, okay. I mean, no, he's, he's just he, like he should, I, he should know Zatanna. He should know. Uh, he does know Zatanna. Yeah, yeah he, he goes know, and gets her uh, first. Etrican. Like the the demon guy, no, mm. and then I think he mm. knows Constantine, but yeah, no, he he's Constantine is brought to his attention because someone yeah. breaks into his room and writes Constantine on the wall. <laughs> yeah, as you do, um, but yeah, he just basically goes and gets Constantine and his band of fucking wizards. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, but you didn't like Justice League Dark. I I didn't dislike it. It was just. I look at it the same way that I look at playing Injustice and then playing Injustice 2. Mm-hmm. Like, Injustice had a deep dive of characters where I'm like, I know all these characters. I, I get what's going on. And then Injustice 2 was like, what if all those characters had 100 sub-characters and things you don't... And I'm like, I don't know any of this. <laughs> I'm not as invested yeah. in this. I don't know who you are. <laughs> just punch. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's like the storytelling is just like, I... Okay... <laughs> I know I mean, there's a Constantine, yeah. but I don't know you. <laughs> it, it's weird. Like I said, some some of those, it's like they bother with like a really good thing. And some of them are just like, this is passable entertainment to kind of put yeah. on in the background. It's not yeah. going to wow you. Yeah. You know? Like it's, it's such a weird mixed bag. Like some of their stuff is really good. And some of it's just like, like, uh, like one of the last Superman solo movies, uh, Man of Tomorrow, I think, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was like, why the fuck does this exist? Like yeah. that was just one. I'm like, I have no idea why they made this one. 
I mean, it's just like it is like has nothing to say. It's just like, hey, do you know, do you want to kind of see Superman's origin story again, sort of? And then, <laughs> you know, like see how he really gets a beef with Lex Luthor. It's like, we fucking know this shit. Like, you know, like, <laughs> why does this exist? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, those, you know, they seem they seem pretty decent. And well, I, I, I oh, go ahead. No, I, I was just going to say, I, I kind of wish that that Marvel had a similar thing, but they tried it and were just like, this doesn't work. Just stop it. <laughs> yeah, I they Marvel's tried some weird things because they went like full anime route for a while. They were yeah. like made an X-Men anime and some other shit. It's like it's it's weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I mean, you know. I, I'm I'm surprised how much time I'm spending on HBO Max recently because usually these these streaming services come out and you're like oh that's got five things I like but you know I whatever it's good to have I guess but like I'm continually finding stuff on HBO Max to be like I am I'm gonna watch this I'm gonna check this out I'm gonna do that so yeah I mean having the the backbone of the HBO library alone sure is, you know throwing in the, the Warner stuff is just a big bonus you know I mean yeah. like between the two it's a fairly solid streaming service yep. But yeah, I I started watching something else on there. I guess we're gonna make this a long ass commercial for HBO Max. But uh, sure. speaking of dark and wanting more jokes in your DC movies, <laughs> I went all the way there and uh, decided to pick up the original. I guess it was a DC Universe original that migrated to be an HBO Max original, uh, the mm-hmm. Harley Harley Quinn uh, animated thing. Uh, What's it called? Harley Quinn. <laughs> it's just it's just called Harley Quinn. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it's it's an animated thing, and it's just like I was trying to sell you on it, and I don't think that's going to be possible because of the character of Harley Quinn. But I'm I was Correct. trying to tell you that it's like it it's basically like Archer in the DC universe, um, except darker because it's like full blown rated R. In fact, like when it first started, I was like, oh no, I don't know, because it's it's it has that Logan vibe where it was just like. Don't get me wrong, I love Logan, but Logan starts off and you're like, oh, someone loves to make an R-rated movie, so they're just going to say, fuck, 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 <laughs> fuck, 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 you know, right. and this kind of starts similarly where it's like, yeah, okay, there's blood and you can say, fuck, um, okay, um, but then it's just like, it simmers down a bit and like becomes a real <laughs> thing and it's not just, you know, edgy for edgy's sake. Um, yeah, I, I'm taking it to calling it the Batman and the Brave and fucking Bold because <laughs> it's... If you ever saw Batman Brave and the Bold, it's like, I think there's room for like that stupid irreverentness in the DC universe. I mean, like people love Teen Titans and that and all that. And I'm fine with that. I mean, I don't think these characters are so sacred. You can't just be like, here's another thing. We're going to have some fun with the characters. It has no canon, you know, bearing whatsoever. We're just going to go mm-hmm. nuts. Um, and that's basically what this is. It's just like, you know, throw in some violence and shit. But it's got a great voice cast. I mean... And and again, just talking about like things that I don't know who exactly they're made for. Uh, this thing is like filled with like really bizarre references and really some really really meta shit. Uh, like Poison Ivy is one of the main characters in it, and she has a house plant, a talking house plant that basically you might as well be Audrey too from Little Shop of Horrors, named Frank, and uh, it's voiced by JB Smooth, uh, and sure. it's great. Okay, um, yeah. I mean, like Jim Rash, Jason Alexander, Tony Hale, like, you know, like half the cast of like Rest Development and stuff is like, it, you know, shows up in this. I mean, it's 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 a hell of a thing. So, so who is voicing Harley Quinn in this? 
Kaylee Cuoco. The okay, yeah, yeah. I mean, she's basically just kind of doing her voice. She's not trying to do the whiny nasally Brooklyn thing. I mean, she when Hooray. she gets upset, when she gets upset, it's she has a higher register, you know, sort of mm-hmm. thing. But it's like it's not like oh well, I'm gonna do what they did. It's it's a, like a new take. Okay. I mean, it's just, it's just real stupid and fun, and I'm continually like amazed at how well some of the jokes work. They're not still producing that, are they? Oh yeah, are they? Okay, yeah, it's yeah. Season three has been greenlit. Okay, cool. Yeah, big I'm not. Hit, all, big I hit. mean, hmm? go ahead. It's a big hit. Yeah, I, I I really like it. It's real dumb, and I mean. <sighs> Like if you like, like I'm trying to figure out a way to sell it and not like it's not really tied to Harley Quinn per se. I mean, it is. It's like it's all about her. You know, it's it's like another version of Birds of Prey where it's like, hey, fuck you, Joker. <laughs> like I'm sick of your shit, and you're not actually caring about me, and I'm gonna go and do my own thing, and then the wild adventures that ensue from there. So I mean, you know, I'm pretty sure they were like, we're going to, you know, Harley Quinn's a hit in Suicide Squad. We're going to make a solo movie. You can get to work on this animated thing. and But then they were just like, do whatever the fuck you want. We're making a rated R Birds of Prey. You can go nuts on this. And they just deliver this weird goddamn meta thing that's like Batman Braving the Bold meets the Lego Batman movie. You know, like, I mean, I'm just saying because it's like Condiment Man or Condiment King is in it and weird shit like that. It's just like all okay. these like D-list hilarious bad guys and shit are in it and <laughs> You know, she's trying to round up a crew and it's like she can't get anybody but like kite man. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I I'm just I'm really digging it. I'm not quite through season three yet, but I'm close. I'm getting there. Like it's it's real bingeable. Like they're it's an easy watch. And it and it is like a continuity show too. It's not just like Batman oh, Brave with the Bold an is ongoing just, thing. Yeah, I mean, like Batman Brave with the Bold is just like I don't know what wacky person is he going to team up with this time because it, it's like Scooby Doo Mysteries. It was all or whatever the one where he always had a guest stars, <laughs> but it's like the same thing. Batman always teams up with somebody in Batman Brave with the Bold. That's the half of the fun. Is like what wacky person is going to show up this time? Boy, the showrunner is the guy who uh, did the shit my dad says. <laughs> mm-hmm. I didn't, know, I, I didn't know he was working with comics now. <laughs> I think he's been a writer for, like, a shitload of things for, like, a long time. Okay. Yeah. I think that was just, like, a weird lightning in the pan thing where it was just like, I'm going to do this weird thing on this new platform, and it took off. Sure, yeah. It was, like, right around the time. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. What, what are you doing on Twitter? I don't yeah. know. Dad I've got this weird weirdly <laughs> semi-racist dad. I'm <laughs> he says lots of inappropriate shit. I'm just going to put it on here. Yeah. Okay. Cool. But, but it's yeah, it's got people from like the Cartoon Network stuff behind it too, like the you know Mike Tyson mysteries and Samurai Jack and whatever. Like you know a lot of the original stuff they made that's like quality, not just like the re- recycled animation stuff like Sea Lab and Space Coast. Ooh, mm-hmm. Michael Ironside is on the show. Oh, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I'm just I I'm, I I. Was not going to pick it up just because I was like, "This has got to suck." You know, it's it's mm-hmm. an original online only thing for a character that like most people either can can tolerate or not stand at all. Um, but yeah, it just turns out it's actually pretty good. Cool. Yeah. By the way, the the the, the house plant being Frank is a reference to Frank Oz directing Little Shop, Shop of Horrors. So <laughs> yeah, extra. That's, that's, that's why. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I only got one more thing if you guys don't have anything else. I do not. 
Oh, uh, no, one last thing. Uh, okay. I mean, just circling back to Golden Jocks, uh, right after it, uh, I think iTunes, or doesn't matter, not plugging these services, they have digital sales, and Love of Monsters popped up, so I now own a shiny 4K Dolby Visioned copy of it and watched it again, and yeah, I'm very happy in my pick. <laughs> I, I love that movie. <laughs> like it, it's, it's one I can see myself going back mm. to like a lot. It's just it's fun, earnest movie. Yeah, I should have grabbed it when you sent the link, but I didn't realize that Apple TV Plus would link all that stuff up oh. the way it did on my TV. I like, I just thought, oh well, they're going to be locked at old frame rates or, or not frame rates, but uh, old resolutions. And no, it's fully there. So I'll just have to wait till the next time it goes on sale, and you tell me. <laughs> yeah, it's Paramount. They love putting their shit on sale. That's the one thing they do. For... Yeah, that's probably why I didn't buy it because I was like, oh, Paramount. It's not gonna yeah. not gonna transfer it anywhere else. Yeah, it's yeah, not doing movies anywhere, but they put their shit on sale a lot. So yeah, I guess that's their compromise. Yeah, I'm like, oh, if I, you're not gonna put it everywhere, but you can buy it for five dollars again. <laughs> <laughs> well, they realize nobody's buying it because they're like, well, it's not part of movies anywhere. So right. Yeah. <laughs> I just swear it's like, you know, every Friday the 13th, like that eight movie collection goes on sale for $13. <laughs> yeah. 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 I got it during one of them. I know mm-hmm. that. So they're hanging out there in my voodoo. Yep. Anyway. Yes. That's all. Just okay. reiter- reiterating. Cause I know some people are like list shows best of the year. Bleh. And I'm just here to say again, love and monsters. <laughs> mm-hmm. Cool. So I got one more thing again, like I got a new 4k TV and it's like, Oh, what are you watching? Uh, I watched Chungking express on, That's... on Valentine's day. Okay. That's <laughs> yeah. a way to really test that out. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, um, it's weird. Cause I just recently rewatched crouching tiger, hidden dragon, not a related yeah. movie other than Chinese people. And I'm not being racist, but I mean, just similar time period. Uh, <laughs> But, I mean, that's at least old be vision and all that shit. <laughs> that was uh, like, yeah. hey, this is a visual spectacle. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing. Like, I, this one, like, I, it was not, it didn't have all the signatures that One Car Wise later stuff has. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like I mean, like, you think about In the Mood for Love or 2046, and it's like, they're visually, like, ridiculous. Like, one of those where it's like, okay, freeze frame just about any shot in this movie, and it's you know, you'd put want to put it on your wall. Whereas Chunking Express is not that at all. Though it does use the whole uh the whole step printing effect that he loves and that kind of sucks. Cause uh for those not familiar, uh step printing is basically it's like the it's like the fake slow mo. Like if you think of the ending of Lethal Weapon, that fight between Gary Busey and uh and Mel Gibson. But worse like where they're extended even further between frames. And so it almost gives you like a strobe effect and it's just not, it's one of those things like I, like we've talked about certain effects are just never going to look good. And you know, like the speed, the sped up fighting in the sixties, like never going to look good ever. And that's one of those effects that's similar where it's like, okay, I get what you're going for, but not, not appealing at all. Yeah. Like rear projection driving. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Never going to look real. Nope. Yeah. But um I I actually had not I thought I had seen Chunking Express and I realized I had not. And it's been a while since I've watched a movie that's just like literally no Hollywood norms to conform to at all. Like that movie has two separate stories and you keep spending the second one waiting for it to tie into the first one and then the movie ends. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> oh yeah, 
that's okay. That, that, that story was over. We're on this story now. And now that story's over and okay. So I need to watch it again. I'll say that like the performances in that are really great. And, you know, but it's like, it helps that Tony Leung is just a phone book actor for me where it's just like, okay, put him in anything. I'm going to watch it and I'm going to enjoy him. But watching, um, Fei Wong's character in that, in his storyline. And then, uh, Takeshi Kaneshiro's story in the first one like they're both so charismatic in what they're doing that even though I can't I kind of am like just stop doing the shit that you're doing stop it I still enjoy watching them do it and there's still like a charisma there that's really that I really enjoy and man you don't get many movies like that that have the vibe that that movie has where it's like contemplative but it's also optimistic you know normally when stuff gets contemplative it's like and then we all died we're all gonna die someday you know it's like that sort of shit and this one's more like it's got way more positivity to it you know it's like where people are thinking about the you know like when uh 223 the character in the in the first segment like when he's talking about like a happy memory he has he's like i hope this memory you know i hope that's what lasts for ten thousand years in my mind is is this memory and that sort of stuff like there's the the characters are cynical but it doesn't overshadow the movie the movie doesn't become this exercise in cynicism which i really really like and yeah and that movie ends really well it's one of those i i I don't want to say like it ends mid-scene but it kind of does and i will always be a sucker for those types of movies where it's just like all right what happens next I guess that's up to you to figure it out, you know, and that movie ends with one of those, which is really great. And yeah, it's, it's definitely worth watching, but it's not like it's presented as it's always presented as like one of the, one of the 50 best foreign films ever made. You know, it's kind of like, all right, hold your horses. It's, it's good. (laughs) But like I, I, there are dozens I could recommend over this, you know, plenty of others with Tony Young in them that I'm like, all right, yeah, watch this instead. (laughs) So, yeah, but it's well. It's, that's that's it, one of the ones that was like the Quentin Tarantino presents things, right? Yes, yeah, yeah, because it's got it had that typeface for the production company that logo that pops up in the beginning. I forget what it was called mm-hmm. then, but yeah, that pops up in the beginning. I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah, well, I just mean I think that's why it's like on people's list because as previously established with Ingmar Bergman films, I think most people mm-hmm. are pretty fucking basic. So it's like. It takes like someone like Tarantino to go like, "Hey, check out this Asian film," and people are like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Instead yeah. of like there just being an entire world of cinema there, you know? mm-hmm. yeah. But it's also like I, I think big budget stuff in the '90s kind of sucked, you know, on the whole because of CG just making people go, "Oh, we could do this, so we could do that," and it's like, ah, eh, you kind of couldn't. Like it was too early, and I think movies like especially big blockbuster type movies suffered because of that. But I miss the whole art house vibe where you could make a movie like this, put it out and still make money and have people go see it at, you know, art house theaters and everything. And I, you know, it's kind of a bummer that that market is basically dead and it's like, well, we hopefully Netflix will pay us to do it, you know? And it's like every once in a while you have some of my parasite that, comes through but you know it's also like well that guy made the host so of course it's you know we know he's not gonna fuck this movie up (laughs) yeah well i mean that guy i think had 
free reign after Snowpiercer became the sudden yeah, hit. That's you know? true. I too. mean, it was yeah. just sort of like, oh shit, <laughs> you yeah. can do whatever, and mm-hmm. we'll still pick it up. Yeah, but it just seems like it's there's that kind of discovery that's gone now. You know, because it feels like everything that even has any sort of anything is immediately, all right, well, it's going to be on Netflix next month. You know, that sort of thing. Like, there's not that waiting for something that people have heard about that's awesome that's going to be out soon. You know, it's, or just catching you completely off guard. And that just, those just don't exist anymore, I feel like. And it, it bums me out to think about, but. Yeah. Uh, it's 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 unfortunate because it, I, I've said this for years. I think the most important thing going forward is going to be some form of curation. I mean, because we're only going to get more and more games, movies, other forms of entertainment as time goes on, as, as it becomes easier to do. And I mean, I know that's kind of what we're doing and we're, you know, reviewing things. But, you know, yeah. I feel like, you know, you, you have to like sort of latch onto a source or else you just mm-hmm. things kind of miss, miss you. You know, there's yeah, so much... I... I guess I feel like nowadays, like if Chunking Express came out tomorrow, I don't think it would be remembered. Like, I think it would just kind of like fall through the cracks and people like, oh yeah, that kind of, that's kind of, you know, it's got, it's got a couple fun stories that, that somewhat tie together, you know, like there's, there's a few neat conceits in it, but I don't think that it's going to be like this thing that people latch on to, you know? Sure. And that's unfortunate. Because I think there's a lot of there's a lot of meat in that in that movie, and it's very like dreamlike almost. And I do want to watch it again only because like knowing like without expectations of things that I keep waiting to happen, I think that will make me view it differently for sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think the other thing you can do is you know follow the path of people that have made things you liked before. You know, oh, yeah. don't just you know follow an actor because. Okay, you can have like some form of infatuation with them or like like their performance, but they're not generally shaping what's happening in a movie. I mean, okay, sometimes mm-hmm. they get, they they pick and choose good things, you know, especially yeah. if they become established. But most people are just there for the ride, and you know, but the filmmakers and writers, that's you know, mm-hmm. if you liked one thing they did, there's a good chance you will like another one, or yeah. they just got lucky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think generally... I'm like Shyamalan. Oh, oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think Jen was more frustrated with it than anything. And I'm like, okay, like, I feel like In the Mood for Love is way less abstract about what it's doing. And I feel like that one, I should, I want to show that to her next. I know it's on HBO Max currently. So I may have to, may have to talk her into watching that one. But that didn't feel like a good, um, good Valentine's Day movie. Probably not. Two people whose spouses are cheating on one another. (laughs) Yeah, probably not. I think maybe stick with the happy Asian movies. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Saying Tom, like find Tom Popo. I don't know where that is these days, but God, Mm -hmm. that's such a happy, delightful movie. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 90 to save 2046 is still on Amazon because I know it showed up there for a while. And that's, that that one will have a place in my heart because it was the first one car wide movie I saw. And I saw it in, at the uh, at the Modern Art Museum here, when when they actually brought it in and, and showed it there, and then we're watching that, just being like, Jesus Christ, <laughs> this is movies. <laughs> Look at this gorgeous thing, movies. Yeah, yeah, but but I just, I guess I need I need that back in my diet because I haven't had it in so long for just like stuff that's just really abstract and not entirely 
not entirely clear about everything and setting things up the way you'd expect, you know, your screenwriting professor to tell you to do it, you know, without studio notes all over it and that sort of shit. So I need more of that in my life these days. Yeah, I think it's kind of ties into what we were saying about we like it when people seem to have free reign to do shit where you're Mm -hmm. like how did this go past (laughs) the people that make sure it's sanitized Mm -hmm. for everybody you know (laughs) yeah 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 it's great so is it contact information time yeah go to the website yeah bmfcast.com call us on a Garfield phone 910-5-JUX-BMF 910-556-9263 there's other social things, usually all slash BMF cast. There, there's links all at the website, I think, unless the they're broken again. But mm-hmm. most any <laughs> social thing, it's slash BMF cast, yep, including yeah, patreon.com slash BMF cast. Yes. The best one of all, because you give us your money and we give you things for it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I believe that's called capitalism. Yeah. 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 The thing get... I just came up with. Oh, it's. I hope it works out. Probably not. What could go wrong? <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, it's super early access to the extra episodes, like six months early. Like that's super it's ridiculously early, when, early access when the point. shit's timely. That's that's yeah. that's how early it is. Uh, yeah, got Chuck and I talking X Men comics. You got uh, us, uh, all three of us, talking Doctor Who. So mm-hmm. yeah, depends on what level you want to be at, man. So. And we appreciate it. It helped me get a new microphone, so hopefully my sound quality is a little better and not so echoey and all that. And uh, yeah, we appreciate everyone that uh, everyone that's uh, been a patron in the past and everyone who will be in the future. Yes. All right. And again, we will be back. We 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 will. I'm I'm just saying. Oh, like, the, I, the proper show. The real I feel show. like stressing every week at this point. Don't worry. Oh yeah, this is not it forever. Yeah, we're yeah. we're still a quarter vaccinated, so <laughs> yeah, we're just we're seeing which happens more vaccines come or, or we hit the age where we can actually go get them first. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, fifty fifty chance. Yeah. <laughs> just I don't know if I have to be sixty five and doing podcasts. I'll do it. <laughs> oh man, there's gonna be a whole breed of old man podcasters. Oh yeah, <laughs> we'll mm-hmm. lead that charge. Still watching God. fucking dog movies, <laughs> and the puppy came in. Yeah, this and we'll still be talking to about the thirty-eighth annual dogish. <laughs> we'll still be talking about how easy it was to get a job in the nineties. Like, yeah. I remember the nineties. Remember, you could just quit your job and yeah. get another job. You could kick a talking dog in the face and get a job right after. <laughs> At the same place. <laughs> There's just jobs growing and jobbies everywhere. Yep. Yeah. Those were the days, man. And art house movies were everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. at art museums and shit. Yeah. Yeah. We had these things called theaters. <laughs> we had these things called museums. Uh, <laughs> it's 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 so weird. I like I know we're hitting the end of the show, but it's so weird knowing that it's been literally a year since I've been in a movie theater. More than a year. Like Never. I think I can say that now. Yeah. 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 When, when did when did Birds of Prey? I think I determined that was the last thing I went to see was Birds of Prey before yeah. everything went yeah. fucky. I believe that was a February release. Yeah. Yeah. We're it's not fu- quite out of it. I'm just gonna I gotta see when the actual release date was. 
Yeah, there's that. It's coming oh. up on a year since I was last yeah. in the studio. It's just, it's fucking weird, man. Yeah, I'm pretty Cause... sure it went opening weekend. So yeah, that's that's past a year. It's February seventh. Yeah, mm. yeah. What a world, man. And and I just, I wonder how different it'll be once, like, how they're gonna handle all of it. You know, because yeah, I, a vaccine. Yeah. It's it's not like everybody's gonna have it. <laughs> it's not like they can test you to see if you've had it or not. Well, I. Yeah, I mean, there they, you do get a card. Oh, you do? Yeah, you get like an. Uh, I've had the vaccine card. Huh. Chuck, people will one? just copy and laminate and yeah. say, "I got it." Yeah, but you know what? I don't give a fuck about them. They can get the virus and die. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I like that's the best thing. That. That's the best thing about <laughs> fucking vaccines is you protect yourself. <laughs> like, like You're, if it was dependent on someone else to like get something to save me, yeah, we'd all be fucked. The world would be fucked. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not. I get to take this and fuck everybody else. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not everybody else. If you can't get to it, I mean, I, I feel for the people that are unable to obtain it, but the people that are unwilling to obtain it, go fuck yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> That's the Bamcast promise. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you're not wrong. Yeah. I'm about it. Yeah, but anyway. sorry, sorry. I didn't mean to get political. <laughs> With no. Common fucking sense. It's fine. Yeah. Anyway. anyway, anyway, let's get out of here, shall we? Let's. Yes. I'm Harlow. I'm Mackie. I'm Chuck. This is Bamcast out. Okay, last one to kill a bad guy buys the beer. <laughs>